Has anything like that ever appeared in human history? There's nothing like it. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. The iron curtain between East Germany and West Berlin has come tumbling down. Good evening. It's a killing that's shaking Montreal's underworld. A man known as the Welcome to Canada, where we'll tell you we're a great country, we're not that bad, and, you know, we acknowledge, we acknowledge our crimes and atrocities that we've committed in our past, but somehow when things still come up, we're still like, what? That's happening? There's no way. There's no way that was allowed to happen. Like, you know, that's how I feel about Rush, the band. It's like, how how do we allow this to happen? Who allowed this to happen, okay? That upsets me, that Rush is banned, that people listen to, like, and acknowledge as some sort of historic landmark in Canadian and rock and roll history, music history, and, you know, the the progressive rock genre or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Neil Pert as a drummer, Getty Lee as a bass player, Alex Lifeson as a guitar player, you know, they all have, you know, uh, <clears throat> evolved their instrument, their genre. They helped push it forward. But, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Okay? We just have to accept that as Canada. It's not good. Why do we have to... And But, like, why are we acting so surprised? No, I'm joking. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm talking about residential schools. Let's be serious. That's what I'm talking about for serious. For some reason... Well, in Canada, we just uncovered in Kamloops. Where's that? BC? Who gives a shit where the fuck it is? Okay? Who gives a shit? Somewhere in Canada, they found a mass grave of, like, 200 and some odd children that died in residential schools. If you don't know what residential schools are, it's uh, these schools throughout, I don't know when the fuck they end, they ended sometime in the 70s. So throughout, you know, the whole 20th century, the 1900s, whatever you want to fucking call it, uh, you know, we had these Catholic Christian schools, whatever the fuck, and we were taking little uh, native, native boys and girls and whatnot, and we were taking them to these schools, we abducted them basically, and we taught them how to be white people. That's what we did, and uh, most of them died. A lot of children died because we didn't take care of the children. The white people did not take care of the children. I don't know why I'm saying we. I didn't have anything to do with this also, and I also feel guilty about it because I don't give a fuck because it happened before I ever existed. Okay, I was born in 1993. The residential school didn't even fucking exist. No one in my family had anything to do with a fucking residential school, so I don't really give a shit. I also don't care that people died 50 years ago, kids or anybody, really. Like, I don't really care about the Holocaust either. I don't care. Like, what's something that happened right before I was born? Probably, there's probably a fucking atrocity that happened in Russia. Somebody was probably murdered a bunch of people that happened in 1992. Well, guess what? I wasn't born, so I don't care. I also don't care about that 9-11 happened. Can you believe it that I don't care 
about things that I literally have no connection to whatsoever. So why is it that whenever something happens in Canada that happens decades ago, people are like, oh my God, no, I feel so bad. No, you don't feel so bad. You feel exactly how you feel before you knew any of this information. Like, it's news. Okay, who? Yeah, you can't be upset with the news. Okay, if you're gonna be upset with the news, you might as well just not do anything in your fucking life. I literally saw that. I literally that was the craziest thing about this. I saw it. there was a hotline for people that are upset. And that's the thing. It's being shared by white dudes. A guy named Mark. A guy named Mark from fucking Waterloo, Ontario. What are you doing, Mark from Waterloo, Ontario? Do you have you ever met a fucking indigenous person in your life? No, let's be serious. The only time you met an indigenous person is when you're trying to score cheap cigarettes. Okay? And you have to go down through Brantford, through the Six Nations, and you're honestly kind of repulsed when you do that. <clears throat> you know? Going through Brantford's not nice. Brantford's fucking shit. It's a shithole. Why are people pretend, like... Why why do we why do we got to act it's like we knew this happened we knew this happened in school we are taught about residential schools and we are taught like oh yeah a lot of kids died and it's like 200 kids died from this thing in one school and it's like well that's decades of neglect that's multiple people's doing like if like it's really not that surprising it's really not that surprising if one person single-handedly murdered 200 kids, that's surprising, okay? That's surprising, okay? Like, Robert Picton could have almost done that by himself, okay? He, he did 50 on his own, 50. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, if they did 200 kids while the government is letting you do that, that's kind of not surprising at all. Those are actually kind of low numbers, for government fucking, government-mandated genocide. You know? That's kind of actually decent numbers for schools that were, you know, basically death camps. You know? That's the thing. If you look at it, here's the way to look at it, is that Canada actually sucks at murdering children. We're actually really bad at murdering children. When you think about it, that that's that's what it is. Canada is just really bad at murdering children because we set up an entire school system to murder children, and we could only and we only got a couple hundred. You know, that's poor numbers. It's poor numbers. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If because that's what people that's what people say. They're like. Well, you know, residential schools were basically, it was just genocide. And it's like, well then, if we only killed a couple hundred, that's pretty good. You know? And as far as I can tell, a lot of these tribes still exist, I think. I don't know. I could be fucking totally wrong here. I could be completely wrong 
about all of this. Completely wrong. Let's be serious. I didn't I haven't read a single article about this, nor do I know, because I don't care. Quite frankly, I don't care. <clears throat> I just think it's funny seeing people pretend to care. Onion, maybe people actually do care. Maybe I'm in, a sociopath. Maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's a me problem. I don't know. I also feel like I probably had more interaction with indigenous people in Canada than any of these people fucking pretending to know anything about this. Like, I played lacrosse for many years. What what have you done? I don't know. I think I know one person that's like legitimately indigenous. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't even know what we're supposed to say anymore. Is native bad? I don't know. Because apparently I used to know a native guy who that was what he wanted to be called was native. Unless that was a name. I wasn't friends with him. He was actually quite a piece of shit. Actually, I hope he's dead right now. I hope he actually took a gun and put it directly into his mouth and fucking shot it. And just blew the upper portion of his face off and survived. But now he's just suffering somewhere. Because that guy was a fucking legit piece of shit. What a piece of shit that guy is. I hope someone sends this to him and I hope he fucking kills himself after hearing this. After thinking of all the fucking shitty things he did. That guy was a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. But mostly, fuck these people that pretend to care. It's... Like, here's the thing. Every time a tragedy in Canada happens, this is a thing we do. For some reason, we create these memorials. And for memorials, what we do, we just uh, donate things. So, uh, a couple of years ago, there was the, the bus, bus crash where a bunch of a hockey team got killed by a transport truck, truck driver. The transport truck drove into the bus, killed a bunch of kids. For some reason, a bunch of schools then had students donate hockey sticks that they then just left outside until they were eventually just thrown into the trash. You just, all you did, you guys were like, so what are we going to do? What, what should we do to honor these kids? I don't know. Let's throw our hockey sticks in the trash. That's that's what you're saying, because you're like, oh, let's build a memorial. Okay, well, that memorial goes, it sits there for a month, and then what happens? A janitor comes along and throws it in the trash. Your memorial is trash. That's all you're doing is creating trash. So now there's memorials for these children, and people are donating little kids' shoes. And it's like, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. Oh, look at all these little shoes that are being donated. Aw, isn't that adorable? Mm. No. No, because now a person that works for the city has to come and grab all of these shoes and throw them in the trash. <laughs> like... It's, sure, maybe you feel like you're doing something nice at first, but 
You're not, you know. You know, that's that's why, you know, when you go to a gravesite, you go and you leave some flowers. You know why? Because the flowers can decompose. Okay, it will just go back into the ground. Okay, it will just become soil. An animal will come along, take it with them, whatever. When you just leave a hockey stick and a pair of shoes in the middle of the fucking yard at school. That's trash. That's all that is. That's just trash. When you see a pair of shoes hanging from a telephone wire, you're not like, oh, that's so beautiful. What a nice memorial. No, that's trash. That was some kid that got punched in the face. Somebody took his shoes off, tied them together, and threw them. And then that kid had to walk home with no fucking shoes. Because his shoes are now trash. Wow. Look. God bless all those innocent children. Innocent children that were never given a chance to grow up and be beautiful adults and live a full life, live a nice, healthy life, live a nice, healthy, emotional, healthy, mental life with their own families, okay? These were people that were plucked away from their families at a young age when they were unable to do anything. And the most I know about this story is really the album Secret Path by Gord Downey. That's really all I know about this. And that's about a story about some kid that tried to get away from a residential school and then died in the winter trying to walk home. So knowing that and knowing that that's a true story and me knowing that story, I've made the assumption that, you know, that's probably not, it's probably not a one-time thing. So am I surprised that this has happened to hundreds and hundreds of kids? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. Like, what's fucked up? What people are complaining about, which I agree with is fucked up, is I don't think anyone in the Canadian government at, like, a federal level has acknowledged this. I don't think the Prime Minister Justin fucking dumb-dumb fucking idiot face has come out and said anything. I don't even think the fucking fucking Ford fuck face fucker has said anything. I don't think anybody said anything, and that's quite repulsive. Especially being that Canada's the number one country in fake crying, okay? Our fucking prime minister has a master's degree in fucking fake crying. I've never seen a world leader pretend to cry in front of shitty cameras as much as he has. Even Canadian political television sucks. Literally everything we do is just bad. It's just shitty, not as entertaining as America. On all, on every fucking level. It's fucking crazy. Like, our, pres- our prime minister can't even seem like a sincere guy because he's crying about everything. But, like, if there's like a shortage of milk in a city, he'll probably cry. We're like, I'm so sorry, Windsor. I'm sorry we couldn't get milk to you sooner. It's like, 
Who cares about the fucking city of Windsor? Okay, they don't need milk, okay? Who cares? That's not a real thing. Okay, but he would cry over that. So it's surprising that he hasn't publicly cried over the discovery of 200 children. Dead children, okay? Yeah, I don't know. But now, is, now they have to go excavate every single fucking residential school. Now, they literally have to. They have to. They quite, yeah. They have to go. To, I wonder somebody, some white girl is probably going to be like on her like house, like, like tweeting, being like, you have to excavate every single, every single residential school area. And then they're going to like, Two weeks later, someone's going to be knocking on a door, and it's the fucking city and, like, the government of Canada. And then just basically, like, yeah, your ha- your entire house has to be fucking destroyed. And I was like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, you're actually on the land of a residential school, so uh, you're basically on an ancient Indian burial ground, uh, to say the least. Uh, just put it one way, that's exactly, you are living the plot of a horror movie, and sorry, we're trying to make this place not haunted for you, we gotta see if this place is haunted or not haunted, who knows, there might be a couple hundred kids down there, might not be anything, but either way, we gotta fuck your house up and destroy your entire fucking land and everything you've worked for in your life, well actually you haven't worked for anything, cause you're just fucking dumb white chick. Your father and your mother have probably worked so hard for what they've given you, and you have done nothing except now destroy everything they've worked for. That's quite a situation. That's quite a situation. I think so. I don't know. People are going to be thinking I'm, like, promoting the murder of children. He once was the murder indigenous children. No, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying I thought Canada could murder more indigenous children, you know? Especially because that's when they were really, they were trying. Like, they were trying to. So, like, I'm just saying. I don't know. Like, 200 and... mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, God. Like, hey, we're not doing it like... We can't execute quite like someone like China can, right? China China is just out here just outright denying the existence of countries. China's fucking wiling out, okay? China's fucking going wild. They're... I didn't even know this, but if apparently, according to China, they're just like, Taiwan doesn't exist. We don't fuck with that. Okay, that shit just does not exist. To the point where John Cena had to go and apologize for acknowledging the existence of Taiwan. He had to then go apologize to China for acknowledging Taiwan. Because that's how powerful China is. I don't blame, and people are mad at John Cena. They're like, how was you cowardly motherfucker? How are you going and siding with a genocidal communist nation? And he's like, uh, do you understand how much fucking money I make? 
No, you don't. So shut the fuck up. That's why John Cena said a country doesn't exist. Because you do not make the amount of money John Cena has. Okay? Do you know what it means to be a six foot five, 280 pound jacked white guy? In China, you are a fucking god. Okay? And then, if you can do things where you are then projected onto a screen that is hundreds of feet in size in front of a Chinese audience and blow their little Chinese minds, they will give you so much fucking money. People think, that's the thing, people think being a Hollywood star is like, yo, you want to make money in America? You want American money? Yeah, that's what you want to... No. No, no, you want to go to China and make Chinese money, okay? I don't know what, what I don't even know what their fucking currency is over there. No, because Japan is yen. China. China is something else. Um, but it's insane, like... He's literally, he's literally a god there. If you walk, if you're a little Chinese man and you see John Cena, you're just going to be like, oh my God. Oh my God. That is John Cena. That is the one and only John Cena. I can't, I thought I couldn't see him, but now I see him. He is there. Oh my God. That is God. John Cena is God. I can see him. Can he see me? Or I can't see, how does this work? And then their minds just explode. Like fucking, like scanners. Their mind just explodes. It's insane. Like, like how are you going to sit there and, like, and, be, and be like, how, John Cena, you know, he's selling out. It's like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I would say fuck off too and move to China and side with them. Because let's face it, when it gets down to it, China's taken over, okay? China's taken over. Like, you guys really think, you guys really think America is going to win? You really think that? That's such naive, childish thinking to think that. So stupid of you. I wonder how many little Chinese men John Cena can give the attitude adjustment to at once. Like, probably ten. He can probably fit ten Chinese guys on his shoulder and just fucking... And fucking do them. And probably... He could probably do it from a top rope, too. You know, when he does the top rope FU add to adjustment thingy. John Cena was a good wrestler. I kind of miss John Cena now. I was thinking about it. Every time they tease him, like, possibly coming back, I'm actually kind of, like, stoked now, you know? That's the thing about WWE, you know? 
they fucking they ruin so many of the good characters because they just shove them down your throat too much and to the point where it gets boring. But then, you know, when those characters go away, you think about it and reminisce and like their highlights are really fucking superior to anyone else's really. So it's whatever, man. That was a nice burp. That was nice. <laughs> and now, I wonder how many dudes, da- like, dude, there's got to be so many fucking dudes in, like, the army now. Because that was the whole thing. Uh, John Cena was, like, a fucking uh, army guy, right? Like, he fucking loved the troops, and the troops loved John Cena, right? So they fucking loved each other. And now, American troops are like, this guy's a fucking traitor. He's, now he's siding with the enemy? He's siding with the commies? What? What? Like, that's like, that's the real life version of Hulk Hogan going to the NWO. That's literally what that is. You know, he went from... Like, imagine if Hulk Hogan one day just came out in the 80s just holding a Soviet flag. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking... That'd be crazy. Did he do that? I think he must have done that for, like, a pop. Maybe when he was feuding, like, the Iron Sheik, he might have done, like, a quick little gag. I don't know. I never gave a fuck about Hulk Hogan, to be honest. Never understood it. I never understood Hulk Hogan. Like, he wasn't a good wrestler. Like, why how, Why was he so successful? He was a bald man with a mullet and a stupid mustache and a fucking tan. Why was he, like, so fucking good? He has more... He has more pose, notable poses in the ring than he has notable, like, actual wrestling moves. He's got a body slam and a leg drop, okay? In terms of fucking poses, he's got the hulking up. He's got the fucking thing. He's got the ear thing. He's got the ripping of the shirt. He's got the... Yeah, when he's, like, hulking up, he's like, stomps around the ring and shit and, like, points at them and stuff. His just not... His just moving... And just the shit he does in between moves is more entertaining than his wrestling moves. I get it. He's a big character. But, like, I don't know. Like, Ric Flair was a big character, too. But, like, Ric Flair could fucking wrestle. Right? Like, I don't know. Stone Cold was a big personality. He could he could wrestle. Like Stone Cold has some really good technical matches. Him versus Bret Hart's a great match. He had other <laughs> It's hard to say Stone Cold, because really when you think of Stone Cold, you really only think of like his matches where it's just like some bullshit. Like it, his matches have a lot of storytelling, but you know, it's not a it's not a lot of fantastic wrestling, but I'm sure he's probably just had random fantastic wrestling matches. Really, the one with Bret Hart's the standout one. 
I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, there's got to be some dude. There's a dude in Alabama right now who, for the past week, he's just been having a backyard fire burning all of his John Cena merch. And you're like, how much John Cena merch does he have if he's been having a fire for an entire week? I'm going to tell you that the majority, probably 80% of the inside of this guy's house was John Cena merch. It was toys, jerseys, hats, and armbands. You know what? Most John Cena fans, about 80% of their attire is armbands. They're just like, are you wearing a shirt? It's like, why do you need a shirt when you got armbands? And it's just, you got word life armbands. You got 40 of them on, head to toe. (laughs) It's a lot of autistic people, too, that collect wrestling toys. And, like, the amount of adult men I know that have walls that are lined with wrestling toys is pretty bad. Like, I have five wrestling toys in front of me. One of them's a full-size, like, action figure. The other four are, like, little things I got from the dollar store because they cost a dollar. I was like, oh, these are fucking little hilarious trinkets that I'll have. They're, like, the little ones that are, like, they look like they're on, like, a surfboard. You know, it's like a toy you'd get from like a McDonald's fucking Happy Meal. That's what it looks like. But if I had a whole wall lined with WWE wrestling toys. As an adult. I would understand why I haven't got my dick sucked in 30 plus years. But somehow there's guys that don't understand that. And it's crazy. I just don't understand how you can exist. These are the same people that are already buying tickets for Comic-Con. Like, what are you doing? The world has just started to reopen. Things are finally going to go back to normal, where you can go back to regular Social environments, like, or go to a restaurant, maybe a movie theater. Comic-Con has never been normal. It has never been an acceptable environment. Nowhere in the history of humanity are people supposed to gather by thousands and thousands And dress up like like cartoon characters. Like grown adults. See, now even... Now, I want to say, I want to say, there's something very, very different about, say a costume party compared to this, okay? A costume party, there is centuries of tradition behind it. And usually, and the tradition of all those parties is that you show up to a party with a mask on and then you fuck somebody you don't know. That is the tradition of costume parties. The whole point of costume parties is that ugly people fuck, That's the whole point of costume parties, is 
so ugly people can fuck. Okay, let's say that. And Comic-Con is the antithesis of that. People show up in costumes not to fuck, but rather to discuss their fucking costume ad nauseum at a fucking autistic level. It is insane what people fucking do at a Comic-Con. You, you will go dressed up in 50 pounds of costume from a vi as a video game character. You're 37 years old, and your magnum opus of your life is recreating a character from Final Fantasy who had a, a fake giant sword that weighs 25 pounds, okay? You have carpal tunnel in your wrist because you can't even carry it, but you're, you have persistence and drive and autism. So, God bless you. But now you're standing in line for five hours so that a Japanese guy that can't even speak English can sign a sword that you can barely even fucking carry and are, you're on the verge of dropping it on your own foot and amputating half of your fucking toes. Why would anyone want to do this? Why would anyone want to fucking do that? It sounds insane. Like, do you not realize you are being conned? That's the saddest thing. You're like, I love this. I love it. No, you're being scammed. Whoever runs, who invented Comic-Con is a rich fucking Ponzi scheme fucking head. Like, they've figured a way out how to make nobody's millions of dollars. Why is a third string actor from an 80s sci-fi show I haven't fucking heard about charging people $200 for a fucking photo? And why are people actually paying that? And why is this the one thing that you need to desperately get back to when the world reopens? I don't know. Why don't you try going to your fucking father's house and getting a photo with him? You know? Without having to pay him $200 to take a photo with you. That's a fucking idea. <laughs> hey, maybe you should fucking take the $800 you spent on tickets and buy a fucking weekend getaway with your father and maybe you can try and prove to him that you love him and that, you know, maybe he'll finally accept that you're not a fucking gay boy. That you're his son, and despite being 43, and, you know, not really doing much except for owning a fucking computer repair online fucking video, I don't know, instructional guy, fuck you. Just go fuck yourself. How about that? I don't know. Fuck, like, fuck Comic-Con. You're fucking... Losers. Losers. Who enjoys that?
what do I want to do? I want to go inside of a hot convention center with a bunch of the fucking most unbathed people known to man. Wait for everything. For some reason, everything costs money. It costs money to wait in lines. It costs money to take a piss. It costs money to fucking probably walk in there. There's probably a fucking service charge if you you know if your fucking costume's too big. You probably have to pay extra to fucking sign your fucking extra eight tentacle legs in. You fucking weirdo. They're the best beans you'll ever have. I can promise you that. I can't make a lot of promises in my life, but I can promise you. I worked on these beans hard, and I've worked on my two children. Okay, I got two children. I got Sarah. She's a prostitute. And I have Nathaniel. He's dead. I failed as a father. But I do not fail making beans. I promise you that. You want some of the best beans? They go in your jeans. You come to me. I'm Greg. And you get my beans. Now, for centuries, people have been trying to come and get my beans. They've been coming to my yard with weapons of mass destruction, I tell you. Trying to get my damn beans. And I've told them time and time again. You cannot have my beans. What kind of beans? I don't know. There's all types of different kinds of beans and I'm making them all. But like I've let down Sarah and, and Nathan, I will not let you down with these beans. And that's why you got to come down to my store. And get some of these beans. And try them for yourself. I might kill my wife. Because she hates me. After what I did to my children. She hates me. But she stays with me. Because the beans. It's the beans. That hold everything together. Don't forget that. It's the beans. You find yourself in town and you want some beans. We're in Lafayette, Louisiana, and you can come on down to Old Black Man Road and get yourself some beans. I'll be seeing you. I know what you're thinking. Otis, have you seen... That there's a friends reunion. We all know how you feel about the show Friends. And, you know, we know that you think it's quite possibly one of the worst shows of all fucking time. And you're right. You're right. It is one of the worst shows of all time. It is 
one of the unfunniest pieces of trash to ever come out of this world. I think the situation of a janitor having to throw out a memorial for dead children is funnier than anything that ever occurred in any episode of Friends ever. Ever. It is simply a show that was made for white women who are now neglectful, drunk moms that work as secretaries for a company that runs a business that they don't even understand. They work at the front of a warehouse, and they're not really even quite sure what products are being peddled around behind those doors. They're an incredibly unaware. Do they even care? They don't give a fuck, quite frankly. They don't care. The less they know about anybody, the better they feel and the more they can focus on themselves and their needs, which are mostly, I want a glass of wine if I don't have my slippers on and a glass of wine, then don't talk to me. It's people that think that that's a personality that is acceptable to have. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a cute thing to put on a wine glass. But one, you then literally base your entire life around that and a joke that you heard on Friends... You, you are the reason everyone fucking hates white people. That's why. Because you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking dumbass. You're a fucking empty-headed fucking knucklehead. <laughs> You're a fucking knucklehead. That's that's what it is. You're fucking just a daft fucking dum dum. I don't know what else to say. Like, Friends is truly the the dumbest show. Like, people t- talk about that show in The Office. Like, it's so good, and it's like no, it's not. They're sitcoms. They're formulaic shows. They're ad-libs, basically. Once you create the formula for that show, it's an ad-lib. It's just a fill-in-the-fucking-blank. Okay? After the first season of these shows... That's why first seasons of television shows are interesting. You know? That's why... Because it's always interesting. Because the pilot is usually always a different tone. And then the first season, you see them trying to figure out. It's a lot of throwing shit out a wall and seeing what sticks, okay? It's a lot of pissing around and seeing what stains and whatever. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with a new analogy, okay? Just trying to see where the piss stains lie, okay? I think that one one might stick, you know? 
I took the whole throwing shit wall seeing what sticks approach to coming up for a new slogan for that. You see what I did? Very, 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 I'm, I'm a fucking out-of-the-box thinker, you know? I'm very, 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 uh, I'm left brain, right brain. I'm all brain. That's the thing. I'm just all brain. I'm getting, fu- I'm like crying out here, motherfucker. I'm fucking just all brain. Okay. But the Friends reunion. Okay, let's be serious. Here's the thing about Friends. Why is there a, a reunion? Because here's the thing. The Friends reunion, it's not for the people that watched Friends in the 90s when it originally aired, okay? People like my mom, who is now 60, she watched Friends when it originally aired, and she was like, that's a great show. My mom has never watched a show again. She's like, I've asked my mom, when even when I, like, I worked at a like, a DVD store, and I asked my mom, I was like, do you want me to, like, you want to rewatch a show? Is there anything you've ever wanted to, like, rewatch again? My mom's like, no, I don't rewatch things. Like, after I've seen it, I've seen it. Like, why would I rewatch something? And it's like, holy fuck. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. I also think my mom is also, like, incredibly, like, there's something off about my mom. I haven't quite figured it out yet. I think she's either like OCD, slightly autistic or something. I don't know. Because that's so strange that she can't understand why somebody would watch something again. And it's like, well, clearly they find some sort of enjoyment again, again about it. But particularly friends, like for her, a reunion, it's like, why would I want to watch somebody talk about something else? Like, why would I want to watch people talk about a show that happened when I could just go watch that show? Why the fuck? Like, no one cares. Except, for some reason, there's a weird offspring of people that are my age, in their late 20s, 30s, that are for some reason have fake nostalgia for Friends. Now, I don't know, when Friends was off the air, like, when the finale happened, I was a child. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about it. Nowhere in my life did it ever pick up. So, why are these people care so much? They're like, Oh, it's so nice, so anything. Mm, yeah. It's like, no, you're fucking reaching for something that doesn't exist. How can you be nostalgic for a show that you never watched as a child? You never watched that growing up. Why are you pretending that this show has been in your life longer than the last six years that has been on Netflix. Because let's be serious. Don't watch TV. Okay? Like... I don't know. That's like me being like really stoked 
like, I can only be so stoked about, uh, like, a, uh, like if they did a Sopranos reunion, I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. But it's like, why do I, why would I give a fuck? Why, why would I get, there's, I can go watch the show, The Sopranos, okay? I don't need to fucking sit down and listen to fucking Steve Shripa and fucking Michael Imperioli break down the Russian episode. Because, hate to break it to you, but that's a fucking podcast that exists where every, for some reason, every cast member of The Sopranos has their own podcast talking about The Sopranos. Why? Why do they all have to fucking do that? How about you all just collectively just put out one thing, just being like, hey, here's the one thing that we all have fucking maintained success from. None of us has fucking done anything to advance our careers past this show. And to be honest, we're going to milk this thing until we're all fucking dead because apparently James Gandolfini is the only person from this show that had any fucking talent. So, you know, we're just going to keep milking this. So, here's our fucking PSA for you to watch The Sopranos. Get a fucking HBO Max subscription. Just watch it over and over and over again. Because, you know, Bobby Bacalese's got to make his fucking pasta sauce. Oh. Okay. That's the thing. I bought a used copy of the Blu-ray. Of the complete series. I just watched that. It's used. Nobody makes any fucking money off of it. Except for the fucking business guy he talked to. That's the thing. If there was a Sopranos reading. I wouldn't even watch it. Just be like. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I don't care. I don't need to fucking hear Edie Falco be like. Hey. Working with James was kind of good. He was a pretty good guy. Ah. I I don't know what Edie Falco actually sounds like. Probably sounds like fucking Guido trash, I imagine. I just can't. And this is the thing. I haven't even got it. So it's two hours of the six dullest people. Like, here's the thing about all friends. Let's go through it. Uh, fucking Jennifer Aniston is the only one to maintain any fucking... <laughs> fucking salt of fucking success in life. She literally is the only one to maintain a grain of salt of success. Let's just say that. Courtney Cox, she married David Arquette. She is paying child support and alimony to David Arquette for the rest of his life. As he goes and gets his throat slit in pro wrestling rings in front of 25 retarded people in New Jersey. That's what Courtney Cox's life has boiled down to. Um, what's her face? Lisa Kudrow is a failed everything. She isn't funny. That's, she's not good. And then let's get, so that's just the women. And that's the successful side of the show. The women are the successful ones. 
that's the thing about the show. The women are the ones that have succeeded the most. Because let's just go over to fucking the men here. Well, let's go. Fucking, uh, what's his face? David Schwimmer is, bar none, one of the ugliest people to ever be casted in a main cast of a sitcom. The man looks like a fucking tree sloth. Who the fuck decided this is <laughs> the <laughs> one of the fucking six leading faces of primetime fucking television? Like, what? Who the fuck casted TV shows in the 90s? I have a lot of questions. Because the girls, the women, were beautiful. Were absolutely beautiful. But who the fuck casted half the guys in 90s TV shows? What the fuck were you thinking? At what point did anyone ever think David Schwimmer didn't look like a fucking half muskrat, half monkey type person? Half, he, I don't know. He looks like something I would find in a Mexican desert, like a chupacabra type beast. I'm not quite sure. Did somebody shave Chupacabra? That's what he looks like. He doesn't make sense. He looks like a science experiment gone wrong. He looks like, like, I don't know. He looks like if, if like, a guy had a fly machine and, like, accidentally just, like, mixed himself with himself again and, like, because he looks like a, there was a normal person there, but then somebody just, like, added something extra and just fucked it up a little. Whatever David Schwimmer's previous form was, was perfect. That was the apex of David Schwimmer's. And then something, somebody decided to go further. Somebody decided to go further, okay? They added a little sugar, a little spice, something nice and they fucked up they fucked up like the fucking powerpuff girls intro which thinking of powerpuff girls we will also be talking about powerpuff girls and you're now i know what you're thinking this podcast has just gotten really gay now and fuck you you're right but but hey david schwimmer looks like shit okay now let's go matt leblanc looks like a fucking looks like somebody skull fucked him he looks like he's perpetually skull-fucked. Like, he looks like he's... You know when it's, like, a fucking chihuahua's eyes are bulging out? Like, it looks like somebody ch is choking a tiny dog. That's what Matt LeBlanc looks like. It looks like somebody... He looks like he's a tiny dog just being choked. And his innards are popping out. That's what he looks like to me. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Uh. And then, and then Matthew Perry, who the fuck decided Matthew Perry should ever be shown to people on an international level? Who the fuck is responsible for this man being put on television. Because they deserve to be executed 
in public and then have that broadcasted on HBO Max. On HBO Max, it should say, Friends presents the execution of the person who casted Matthew Perry. And it will be five minutes long, and I will watch it over and over and over again for until the time of me watching it fills up the two hours that would it that it would take to watch the actual friends reunion because Matthew Perry was a fat ugly fuck who looks quite frankly the most he's the most fucking forgettable face in the history of like leading men of sitcoms he literally has not not a single feature that looks like now you see the the thing about if you notice see with david schwimmer and matt leblanc i could vividly describe why i didn't like them and it was their appearance because their appearance as god awful as it may be it's different so god but Matthew Perry is the most nothing of a divorced father I have ever fucking seen. The man is the epitome of Xbox 360 pajamas. He is what that encapsulates as a man. He is that article of clothing bundled up into a personality of a human being. Somehow he embodies that. Okay? You allowed this man to get paid millions and millions of dollars to become a fat, ugly, melting sack of shit on cocaine. Like, you know, and we lose greats to drugs. We lose John Bel- people like John Belushi, Chris Farley, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Why do we not lose cokeheads like Matthew Perry? Why do we not lose someone whose contribution to art is so fucking meaningless? Why do we not take him? Why do we not send him to hell? That's why I know God doesn't exist. Because if God exists, they would be like, he would see this and be like, what have I done? What is this? We have to end this immediately. And they're like, this has been going on for eight seasons. So like, what? So that's it. The friend's... All the friends, they're all, fuck them, fuck them. Only one of them's jerkable. I've only jerked off to Jennifer Aniston. Can't jerk off to Courtney Cox, she's ugly, ew. Lise Kudrow, ew, she looks like a thumb, ew, ugly. Mmm, ah, gross. Um, and here's the word, and I was already so repulsed by the Friends reunion, just the idea of it and everything involved with it. And then someone was like, you know, James Corden is hosting it. At that point, 
I wish I owned a gun. And I wish I knew where James Corden went so that I could commit a murder-suicide. I'm not lying. I am not lying. I... I hate that man. And this is the thing that upsets me the most, is that it took a shitty fucking reunion show for the dumbest fucking show of all time for the rest of the entire world and every other person my age to finally realize that James Corden is the worst fucking thing to ever happen. Okay? I don't care how many children we find in fucking graves and God bless them, all those poor children that did not stand a chance and couldn't even fight for themselves. I will accept every single one of their deaths. Them, the, I, if we can fucking get rid of James Corden, I will accept every single one of these deaths. I'll be like, I'm cool with it. We lost James Corden. That was the price we had to pay for James Corden. I know it sounds harsh. You're like, Otis, we're talking children here. We're talking the lives of innocent children. And I'm like, hey, I'm talking James Corden. I'm talking James Corden here. Hey, these are monsters that we have to deal with at some point. Okay, so you got to pick. You got to pick. Like, you got to pick what's going on, you know, because the recipe's been fucked up. James Corden, that's just a whole fucked up recipe. Somebody, whoever invented James Corden, they were just like, I'm really wiling out on this one. And they're like, well, what's that? Well, what are you adding there? And they're like, this, this is an ingredient called the most annoying fucking thing ever seen on earth. And they just dumped it. They took that scene from Dumb and Dumber of Jim Carrey making the most annoying sound, and they're like, what if we take that, sample it, extract DNA from that sound, and then make that into a human being? That's how you got James Corden. That's how you got James Corden. A fat fuck of nothing. <sighs> fuck him. But now everybody's like, oh, I hate James Corden. He's so annoying. Oh, my God. It's like, I've been trying to tell you this. This is the problem with fucking people. Okay? This is the problem. I've been trying to tell people about all these things. I've been trying to tell you how fucking annoying James Corden is. I've been trying to tell you that Canada, not a fucking fantastic country. We're also not good at even killing people. I've been trying to tell you these things, okay? Canada sucks at everything. James Corden also sucks at everything. But yet people are like, oh, it's la -dee -da -dee -da. this is okay, okay? Blah, 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 blah. It's fine. Until it's not, okay? Now, like, <clears throat> yeah, so I just want to <clears throat> fuck James Corden. So let, let's end it off with this, uh, this Powerpuff Girls shit. Because this is this is some funny, funny stuff.
And I know, I know this is going to create a fucking hilarious uproar. Um, if, do you remember the show, The Powerpuff Girls, which was about three genetically modified, created little superhumans by a scientist, created three little girls to fight a, a monkey and various other alien monster type beings it's a fantastic show it's a 90s cartoon from cartoon network um and it's just uh yeah it's a great show it had a lot of great animators on it and i think that show you know uh, i think that's where like uh gendy jendy tarkovsky that's he did some stuff on that storyboarding stuff who you know he also then did like Dexter's Laboratory, uh, Samurai Jack, and now Show Primal. It's all a lot of great animators came from the Powerpuff Girls and that era of Cartoon Network cartoons. It's really, it really is a fantastic era of animation on American television. That 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 would be something. That discussion of that is something probably more suitable for a Bird Protocol episode. But this particular thing is this is this this type of content because uh they're remaking they're remaking uh powerpuff girls um and you're probably like oh they already did remake powerpuff girls again they did like a new season of animation and it was pretty good and you know what it was pretty good and now they've decided oh we're gonna do it live action because you know what uh you know how that show a lot of the charm lies in the animation and that's the thing about animated shows is that, you know, you can do a lot of things in animation that doesn't translate to live action. So we're going to go create a show where we do just exactly that and suck anything that is remotely fucking good out of the show and just fucking just suck it dry and get rid of it. And now they're going to they decide to get Diablo Cody, who Diablo Cody... <laughs> Why have people accepted that anything she did is interesting? The most interesting she did was write a book about other people that she met. That's the best thing she did. All her other shit sucks. Watching Juno. Juno's a stupid fucking movie. Okay? It's a fucking little fucking whimsical fucking dummy nerds fucking wet dream okay that's what it is it's a little loser's wet dream okay it's not a fucking real movie it's a little fucking whimsical thing and then you know what also did it created a whole fucking subgenres of movies that wanted to create be like that and be like oh it's so quirky it's so quirky look it's a soundtrack listen to this it's all ukulele and all the songs are about monkeys drinking soda cans and fireworks going off inside of an ant hole and it's like none of the songs make sense and it's only and it's just like hey how about you go suck a dick how about that how about that so anyway photos from this powerpuff girls set leaked and it looks awful and then also the a bit of the script leaked, and I really hope this is real because it's so, so funny. It's so funny. Like it, it, it's 
gotta be a parody. It really has to be a parody. Because you know how they have been making edgy versions of, like, every old show? So now there's, like, an edgy show about Archie. They're trying to make an edgy show about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it's all, like, real. It's like, oh, what if, ooh, like... 90210, it's like, oh, it's all super edgy now. They're addicted to Adderall. Ooh, scary. Adderall, oh no. Maybe if one of your characters starts shooting heroin directly into their dick, maybe you'll fucking care. Huh? Oh, who's that? Jackie? Oh, he's a fucking sex addict. He shoots fucking steroids directly into his dick or else he can't even maintain a hard-on because he has a fucking... 18-hour sex session every day. His dick is just mush. It looks like beaten leather. How about you add that into your edgy fucking show for once, huh? huh? You want to you wanna talk about real issues? How about you talk about sex edition? How this dude's fucking dick is fu- a fucking mashed potato. How about that? How about you fucking talk about that for once? With your fucking edgy shows. So... With Powerpuff Girls, they had it where, like, a girl's, like, on, like, an OnlyFans account or she has her news leaked. It's like, why is there a show that was about three, like, eight-year-olds? Like, now they're teenagers. For some reason, they're teenagers. That's the thing. They're not even humans in the cartoon. They're not... they're, they're, They're scientists' experiments. They're literally a guy that put too many chemicals together, you're using that as your source material, and you're like, we're going to create a realistic teen drama. And one of them, despite being a superhero who could easily murder anyone she goes to school with, is actually just going to go home and cry that uh, her pussy is all over areyouup.com. Diablo Cody, are you retarded? Are you retarded? I know you look retarded, but are you actually retarded? Please send me a message, okay? If you are Diablo Cody or you know anybody who knows Diablo Cody, please get them to send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at Otis Morris Hates and just let me talk to you about anything because I'll tell you about how your brain is just fucking... not right how do you how do you go from taking a show about cartoon mutant children and turning it into a show about girls pussies being traded on the internet pussy pictures being traded on the internet jesus christ what's next is it is the next season of fucking scooby doo going to be them taking out the fucking Medellin cartel? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Somebody get me in contact with the fucking Cartoon Network because I got some fucking ideas, okay? My first idea is fucking hentai (laughs) 24-7. No. That would honestly be the greatest thing if I decided that if whoever was in charge of Cartoon Network was like, hey, we're doing a, a fucking 24-7 hentai week, you know how many fucking views that channel would get? Here's an hour 
<laughs> just just an hour of just Marge Simpson just getting finger blasted. Just just an hour of that. Hey, you want to see the the Belcher family orgy? Only right now. You want to see Foster get fucked by all the imaginary friends? Wow. Here we go. And then, of course, you ended up with a Powerpuff Girl threesome at the end. And it's like, hey, here's cat dog fucking each other. It's like it's just one of them just it's like a snake eating itself. It's just like, what? I'm oddly turned on by a snake eating itself. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I think that's all we have to talk about today. We're going to end it on that. A snake eating itself and me actually going to the Cartoon Network and pitching this idea because this is a genius idea. This is fail-proof. Obviously, the FCC might have some problems with it, you know. You know, even in Canada, they might have some problems here, but I think it's okay. We're 24-7 hentai coming soon, okay? Let's make no mistake. This is episode 69. I just realized this is episode 69. We're making 24-7 hentai happen. Okay, you tune in. Cartoon Network 2021, hentai 24-7. You heard it here first, folks. Otis Morris hates himself. Cartoon Network 24-7 hentai. Keep your eyes peeled.